Welcome to the Unapologetic Experience. This is your host, Jari, is the Unapologetic Geek. And I got a lot to get to today. Uh, I'm going to talk about some Antonio Brown. I'm going to talk about the Umbrella Academy a little bit. Talk about one of the greatest songs of all time that uh, is beyond reproach. And if anybody has anything disrespectful about it, I'll be happy to go back and forth with them over there. Uh, but first, we got to get to LeBron, man. Like, what's going on down in, in L.A.? It, it, we're getting to the point where the Lakers just look like basically a, a train wreck. You sit here and you watch it and, and you want to turn away, you want to just be done with you want to turn it off, but LeBron is the biggest superstar in the NBA, one of the biggest superstars in the world, in sports, entertainment, whatever the case may be. And you're looking at this, what looks like a failure, and it's, it's shocking. I mean, who would think in 2019 LeBron would go to the Los Angeles Lakers with a, a pretty talented roster and not make the playoffs? I don't think a lot of people thought, you know, this is going to be a championship year. He's definitely going to the finals because you got Golden State, and if it wasn't for Golden State, it would be uh, the Houston Rockets that would take him out. If it wasn't for the Houston Rockets, it would be the Oklahoma City Thunder. And, and you're looking at him. And you're thinking, how the hell did we get to this point, man? I'm seeing analysts out here who are giving the Lakers 55 wins just because LeBron James was there. And that's fair. That's completely fair. He's the best player in the world, uh, though he's narrowly and barely holding on to that title at this point. But he's the best player in the world. And LeBron has earned that respect, man. Like, you, you can't just see him not making the playoffs at all. But now we're at this point where... I mean, he's playing He's playing good. He's still having a good year, if I'm not mistaken. He's uh, averaging about 27 points a game. But it means nothing. Like, the team, when he's out there with the team, um, you know, and he, when he and Ingram are on the floor, the, the Lakers are pretty efficient. Uh, but they just look flat. They just look like they're out there going through the motions at this point. I mean, you have these these players. You got LeBron, and you think that, LeBron, especially after you saw what he did with that Cleveland team that he took to the finals, which to me is one of the most impressive things I've ever seen any player do. He took that Cleveland team to the finals. Yeah, they got wrecked, but look at that team now. I mean, the the record is terrible. That team is hot garbage. It was always hot garbage outside of LeBron. I can't sit here and think that the Cleveland Cavaliers – a team that the same team that minus LeBron went to the finals. Um, I mean, with LeBron, I'm sorry, went to the finals last year, and without him, look like they're going to be in the Zion Williamson, Barrett, uh, sweet stakes, and think that him going to the Lakers, which has a roster that on paper looks better. I, I couldn't fathom, even though it's the West, I can't fathom LeBron not making the playoffs with this team. But for all intents and purposes, it looks like he's not going to make the playoffs with this team. I mean, just ahead of him, they're, they're in the 10th spot. Uh, above them as of right now are the um, Sacramento Kings in the 9th spot, and the 8th spot goes to the Spurs, and the 7th spot to the Clippers. And the Clippers are damn sure going to play their ass off to make sure they get in and they'll just be extra seasoning, so to speak, if the Lakers also don't get in. 
if I'm not mistaken, um, they're playing each other tonight. I fully expect the Clippers to go out there and kick their ass. And what it comes down to is it's time for people to just be real about what this whole LeBron to L.A. thing is better in the first place. It's almost exclusively about LeBron um, setting up for the future, setting up his empire, setting up uh, what they call the long money. Uh, He's getting to this stage where, like Jay-Z, for instance, Jay-Z is is what they call in uh, hip-hop mogul. And, I mean, after Jay-Z proved everything that he needed to prove, as far as his albums, as far as being the greatest rapper out and all of that, he just went into just being a businessman. That's what LeBron James is. LeBron has a shop. He just co-produced an album with uh, 2 Chains, And I think he's executive. Oh, no, he's A&R, something like that, on the 2 Chains album. Then they just announced uh, Space Jam not that long ago. The move to L.A. was always, to me, a business move. Magic Johnson and maybe the front office of the um, Los Angeles Acres considered it, you know, more than what it was. They wanted it to be about championships. They wanted it to be about basketball and going to the playoffs and going to another finals. Uh, Magic Johnson, when he took over that job, he said he, you know, in two years, if he hadn't turned him around, he should be fired. Well, it's kind of looking like they should take him up on that. Uh, offer and go ahead and get rid of him because I know he's just the president of basketball operations. But a lot of the things that have gone got, that has gone on there are feelings of his. A lot of people don't want to talk about that because he's a Hall of Famer and I get it. But I don't see how even LeBron James fans, I don't see how they didn't see that this was a business move. Someone told me on Facebook. Um, if it was about money, if it was about business, he could have done that in, in Cleveland. Look, man, being a star in Cleveland and being the number one superstar in the league ain't the same as being a star in Los Angeles on the Los Angeles Lakers, one of the three or well, one of the two most important um, franchises in the NBA and, you know, doing business out of L.A. Like, it's a different era that comes with doing business in L.A. Why go back and forth between Cleveland and Los Angeles to film a movie or to film an episode of the shop or wherever the shop is located or to talk to executives when you could have it right there in your backyard or have people to come to you? The LeBron to L.A. move was always a business move. Now, am I saying that LeBron doesn't focus on basketball as much? Maybe. Am I saying that He's washed as far as basketball is concerned. Absolutely not. He's still, if he's not the best player, he's at least the second best player. If he's not number one, he would be what I call 1A. But LeBron is still LeBron. He can still ball out. So I say what we've said on Off Topic, which is another podcast I'm on, just take the rest of the season off. Let's take the rest of the season off. Cut your losses. Go ahead. Get ready to prep for Space Jam and whatever acting or method acting he needs to do to play basketball with Bugs Bunny and Babs Bunny. Whatever the case may be. And just take the rest of the of the season off, man. And, of course, this is the first year where he's had a significant injury. I think maybe he's, you know, tweaked and hurt a little bit more than he's letting on. 
And then another thing is, I think he's tired. He probably just needs some time off to refocus and decompress and get everything together. Not to mention, he and his uh, his boy Rich Paul, they tried to bully the Pelicans into a trade to get Anthony Davis over there, and they were willing to to trade. And Magic announced it. Well, made an announcement that they were willing to trade just about half the roster and all of the young guys that they just committed to to get Anthony Davis there. And people, you know, I know some people that say, look, man, you got to play through that. Dude, you already got the media out here because LeBron is on your team. They're questioning your heart. They're questioning how good you are. They're questioning how good your coach is and if your coach is going to go. And Luke Walton definitely has blame. But they're questioning if your coach is going to go, who's going to go, who's going to stay, and all this kind of stuff. And then when the trade doesn't go through, and the, due to the Pelicans being paid, the Pelicans should have taken their trade, but I understand what they were trying to do was sabotage. They wanted them to have to go back and face each other in the locker room Now, that, when the trade didn't go through uh, for the trade deadline. They wanted Kuzma and Ball and um, Ingram to have that weighing on their minds and question, you know, if they trust LeBron or not. They wanted all that kind of chaos, and they got it. But imagine having to go back after... Imagine your job saying, look, you've done great here. You've done great things here. Uh, but we see someone else that's better for your position. And we're willing to just send you off to wherever. And you have to uproot your life and you have to start over again. And we're going to take this guy and give him your spot. And then when things don't go through and that guy took, uh, ends up having to stay because he's not ready to move yet or he has a, a non-disclosure agreement or something like that, and he can't go. Then they got to come back and say, hey, man, well, you know, um, it was nothing personal. Uh, could you still do your job at the best of your abilities, knowing that we were gonna, we were willing to cut ties with you? Hell no, you wouldn't be able to do that. That would mess your mind up. So, I mean, the the Lakers, at that point to me, the Lakers season was over. Now, I know LeBron stayed out for an extended amount of time. I believe he stayed out for 18 games. But after the trade didn't go through, that season was over. It was a wrap. It was nothing that they were going to be able to do to right the ship. So, yeah, LeBron just needs to take the rest of the uh, year off and get ready for movies and do whatever. Get ready to start trying to recruit during the offseason. And that's the thing I'm most interested in, especially when you look over in the East and you see that LeBron's ex, as I like to call him, Kyrie Irving, is over there struggling. Like, struggling really bad with a team that, for all intents and purposes, look like they flat out don't need him. Let's be honest. The Celtics surprised us last year because Gordon Hayward went down. Kyrie Irving was playing well, but they lost him, and everybody thought, okay, maybe they'll be... Yeah, they maybe they get to the second round, but surely they won't get to the Eastern Conference, and damn sure won't get to the finals. Then that team came together when Kyrie Irving went out, and they balled, and they looked great. Jason Tatum looked like a star on the rise. He didn't, you know, he wasn't putting up like Kobe numbers or Jordan numbers or anything crazy like that. LeBron even, but he looked great. The nucleus that they had without Kyrie Irving, without Gordon Hayward look like they were going to be around for years to come. And then you immediately go to immediately go to 
man, what if Kyrie Irving was there? What if Gordon Hayward was there? It's no way that that sorry-ass Cleveland Cavaliers team beats them in seven games. And they would have gone against Golden State with Kyrie Irving with Gordon Hayward, right? Yeah, I don't know. I'm looking at it this year. They're playing putrid basketball right now. And Kyrie Irving is, is kind of throwing these subliminals out, talking about, you know, these young guys don't know what it takes. To, a couple weeks ago saying the young guys don't know what it takes to be there, to get there, to get a championship. You know, they, they don't have that focus level. And imagine being Jason Tatum and some of those other guys whose names are escaping me right now. Oh, Al Horford, being some of those other guys and looking and saying, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Of course we know how to win. We were one game away. Sure, we couldn't close the deal. We are one game away without you. And you're going to come here and talk about, you know, we don't know what to do. We don't have what it takes. When you were sitting out here on the bench, on your ass in the suit, because you were hurt. Because you couldn't finish the season out. So you got that. And then, as things went on, I remember him calling LeBron James. We talked about this on Off Topic as well with Aaron and uh, Leslie. And I remember LeBron, uh, Kyrie, the story came out that Kyrie called LeBron and basically apologized and wanted to know what it took to be a leader. That just did something to me, and I think the media's reaction to that did something to Kyrie Irving. Then you start hearing the whispers, well, what? well maybe he's not a leader. Maybe they don't need him. And I bet Gordon Hayward is thrilled that Kyrie Irving is taking most of the heat because he has a huge contract and he is playing like balls right now. He sucks. He is straight garbo right now. They need to take his ass out of the lineup, period. And I don't mean out of the lineup like starting five. No, I mean they need to take him off the damn team. He has to go. He's playing like ass, man. Anyway, Kyrie... One thing about humans and human nature, we have a desire to be loved. We want to be loved, we want to be nurtured, we want to be cared for. It's just, I don't know anybody that does not want to be loved. Like, even crazy, and by crazy, I don't mean like, you know, mental disorders or anything like that. Like, people are just kind of, you know, they kind of off balance. They require love. They want love. You know, some of the shit they do is for attention and for love. Kyrie Irving, the whole point of wanting to get away from LeBron James, wanted to lead his own team, and he wanted to be loved. And now you're seeing, you know, people gravitate toward players like KD. And a lot of people hate KD, but they're coming around. And they're like, you know, KD is probably the best player in the, in the world right now. People have always loved Steph Curry. Even when he's a complete antagonist, which I always say he gives away a lot of the time with the trolling shit that he does. And you have, you know, all these other players that are getting all these accolades like Paul George, who's having an exceptional year. And Kyrie looks deflated because with every Celtics loss, it's almost like he's taking all of the blame. And I'm not just talking out my ass here. I see it on the media. Uh, I see it on ESPN. I see it on Fox Sports 1. I see it in Facebook groups. I'm not saying, you know, Facebook is the uh, end-all, be-all, or the circle of people I talk to is the end-all, be-all. But, you know, you kind of get these trends. 
or whatever. I bet if I put a poll out right now and ask, you know, whose fault is it that the Celtics are losing, I, I'm, I believe that Kyrie Irving would be walking away with that poll with maybe about 90% of the votes if it came down to it. So, yeah, the, the Celtics, <clears throat> they got a decision to make in the offseason. Well, no, really, more so Kyrie has a decision to make. And the decision won't be the Celtics. That all that. Celtics are probably going to trade some other pieces to get uh, Anthony Davis. But there's no way this can continue. There's no way these guys can stay together. Kyrie is checked out. And their desire to be loved and not getting that love uh, in Boston is what's going to have him leave. Got a tape came out where he was talking to uh, KD in the hallway and, you know, basically saying that the Knicks have two um, max contracts and they should go get them together. I'm not entirely sure that KD wants to go to play with the New York Knicks, especially with Kyrie Irving. Like, he's had that, you know, kind of cocky um, point guard relationship before with Russell Westbrook. And the me, me, me guy with Russell Westbrook, and I don't think he wants to do that again. For all intents and purposes, I think that um, KD is going to stay in Golden State. That would be the smartest thing to do, try and do his part in keeping that nucleus together. But he may just go get paid. I don't know. But I don't think he's going to end up with uh, Kyrie. Where I do think Kyrie ends up, I think he's going to go running back into his ex's arms and he's going to be in L.A. playing alongside LeBron James. And that's going to make the 2019-2020 season insane to me. So, yeah, I think that's where Kyrie ends up going. I think that's where he wants to go. I think he wants to pass in his face jam, too. And I think he wants to do this thing with LeBron again. I, I believe that, in a way, they may be basketball soulmates and that they need to be together. So, yeah, that's where I'm at with that. Uh, real quick. Touching on uh, Antonio Brown in this situation. Antonio Brown was on the shop, uh, HBO, which was a LeBron James show. And he talked about uh, his beef with Ben Roethlisberger. Now, anybody who knows me knows I'm not a big Ben Roethlisberger guy at all. Uh, he seems like a big baby to me. He throws these low-key tantrums. He goes in the media and calls out teammates and stuff like that. And Antonio Brown had an issue with him. Uh, it blew up and he didn't play the last game of the uh, regular season last year that, you know, had playoff implications. And so he came out and he talked about what made him walk away from the team, uh, why he doesn't want to come back, why he doesn't want to deal with Ben Roethlisberger. Well, the owner of the team came out and said, no, it wasn't the owner, I believe it was GM, something like that, came out and said that Big Ben is basically dealing with 52 kids and, you know, talking about Big Ben's uh, teammates and stuff. And Antonio Brown said they just have no respect over there. I'm with Antonio on not wanting to be with uh, Ben Roethlisberger. I believe that's a good move for him. The only issue I had with what he was saying was, um, that he doesn't need, if, if teams don't want to play by his rules, he doesn't need him. He wants to walk away. I get the sentiment. I get that, you know, 
you want to be somewhere where someone wants you. It's about being loved again. Because he brought up several times how Big Ben, he and Big Ben only spent like um, one dinner, one or two dinners together at each other's houses and stuff like that. He brought that up, and that goes right back into wanting to be loved and all of that. And he felt like that there was no sense of family with them. I get that. But you can't say, look, it's my way out of highway to these multi-million dollar or billion dollar corporations, essentially. Like, where Antonio, wherever it's Antonio Brown goes, if there's a, a competent enough quarterback and a competent enough coaching staff and defense, they're going to win the Super Bowl. That's why if he goes to the 49ers, you're looking at a Super Bowl contender. If he goes somewhere to, and this is a long shot, if he goes somewhere like the Browns or something like that, they're looking at a deep playoff run. God forbid he goes to the Patriots because they damn sure going to win another Super Bowl. But he's that kind of talent. At the same time, that doesn't make you bigger than any other franchises. And so I, I want to see how it plays out. I was a big Terrell Owens fan or Terrell Owens, however you want to say it, depending on what region you're from. I was a big fan of his, and I remember how he was slowly blackballed. And even right now, I think T.O. could go. But he was blackballed because he had this same mentality. And so I'm interested to see how it goes. I'm interested to see uh, where he ends up. And I'll definitely be talking about it in the future. So, All right, so that's it for the sports portion. Um, I want to just get into some Netflix. I love Netflix. Uh... And one of the things I always look forward to is when they have these originals that come out, besides the shows you know that I already watch, that they end up acquiring. Um, with the painful cancellation of um, Daredevil, and I mean, you know, Luke Cage was cool. Iron Fist was not cool. It was terrible. Uh, and Jessica Jones and Punisher, bleh, they were just there. Especially with Jessica Jones, season two it was just okay. But Daredevil hurt when it got canceled. Um, I feel like the show, with the three seasons that it has, I feel like the show ended very strongly. And uh, we just kind of left something on the table with that. And it looks like it was kind of going to do a reboot, but it looks like uh, Hulu wants to revive those shows, so that's cool too. But what I'm getting at is it left a void with Netflix with the uh, lovers of the superhero. TV shows in the superhero uh, community or geek community. Umbrella Academy, I'm happy to say, fills that void. Uh, Umbrella Academy is about 43, well, there's this situation where 43 uh, children were born on the same day at the same time to women who were not previously pregnant. So just to, to put it all out there, the women got pregnant and had the baby within a matter of maybe minutes to an hour. There's this doctor uh, or this rich professor, whatever he was. He rounded up as many children as he could find. He ended up with seven, I believe. And all of the kids had different powers. Everyone who was born on that day has a different power, a different superpower. And so... He ends up with his uh, kids, and he calls them the Umbrella Academy. And they go around fighting crime, and whatever the case may be. Well, we pick up with the uh, children when they're adults, 
And the story is about how they come together, how the team reassembles after uh, it had been defunct for X amount of years or whatever, uh, after the man who adopted them died. And it's, it's really good. It's very easy to get into. They have great characters. All of the superpowers are cool. Uh, one of my favorite ones is uh, there's a character. I started calling her Rumor. I don't think that was her superhero name in the uh, television show. But she just says, you know, I heard a rumor. And whatever she says after that, the person who hears it does it or whatever. It's really cool. And it has a, a, a cool um, story element. Or her storyline is driven by that power in a, a very dark way, but it's nonetheless cool. Uh, it stars Ellen Page, who is the only person amongst her siblings who's average, who didn't have any powers at all. And it's heartbreaking to see her story, especially when the professor just makes it a point to tell her how average she is. And she goes through life's, you know, thinking that she's not extraordinary at all. And all of the stories, like I said, are good. And he's the driving force and the really it's kind of abuse that they suffer due to his lack of love and care that carries the entire um, season. And so I highly recommend it. Uh, I'll give it an unapologetically legit score, which is a four out of five. It has great action, has excellent acting, has an excellent storyline, heartfelt um emotional characters that you can connect to not really mushy it's very funny actually and it's a cross the best way I can describe it is a cross between uh, X-Men and Kingsman Secret Service it gets violent but it's not gratuitous and they have some superb superb action scenes in there so yeah definitely uh, check out the Umbrella Academy alright so before I get up out of here uh, I have to talk about, like I said, one of the greatest songs of all time. So I got married in uh, September 2nd, 2017 to my beautiful wife, the unapologetic wife, Brittany. And she and I, we uh, had our honeymoon in New Orleans. We went to a comedy show slash concert headlined by Michael Blackson and uh, Anthony Hamilton. By the way, Anthony Hamilton live is nothing like it. He is an incredible artist. Uh, he's not known, you know, for his dancing or anything like that. It's just all voice, and he has in, in a great uh, stage presence. And so does the Hamiltons. They all get to do their own thing during the course of the show. Highly recommend seeing them. Michael Blackson, of course, is funny, but there was another artist there, another comedian who came on and, you know, he wanted to liven the crowd up. Of course, we're in New Orleans. You all probably know where this is going. And he says, you know, there's one song, no matter where you go, no matter who you are, it's going to get you out of your seat and get you hyped. We started hearing that beat. Dun, 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 dun. Of course, Manny Fresh, 99 in the 2000, Juvenile, Back That Ass Up comes on. Everybody in the stadium goes wild. Or in the little coliseum goes wild. Well, I'm bringing it up to say, back that ass up recently, I believe on February 24th, turned 20 years old. Uh, and I've always said that 
it's one of the greatest songs in hip hop history. It's a song that that's instantly recognizable as soon as you hear those first notes. Uh, and it just gets you in this mood, whether it's a, a ratchet mood or super aggressive mood or just a feel-good mood, and it, it gives you a lot of nostalgia. And, you know, it just it, it makes you feel good. It's an excellent song. And so I recently uh, posted a video. His video went nuts. I think it's sitting at, like, over, I know it's over 200,000 views on Unapologetic Geek on Facebook. And it's Manny Fresh, and all he's doing is him and Juvenile and some other people in a room with uh, a violinist, I think a cellist, and a couple other uh, classical instrument uh, artists. They're just playing a slowed-down version of Back to the Ass Up. And, and Manny Fresh puts the camera on Juvie, and Juvie is, you know, he's vibing, he's feeling himself. Then he puts the camera on himself, and you see this smile on Manny Fresh's face, and he just starts rapping his part. He's rapped some of Juve, Juvie's part. Then he starts rapping his part, and you just see... I'm, I've always said you can tell where a lot of love went into something that was created. Black Panther, the reason why Black Panther is so good, it's not necessarily because of the storyline and the acting. I think you could tell a lot of love and care went into the film. And that comes across to any audience. You know when somebody was bullshitting when they made something, you know when somebody really put, really, as the old folks say, really put their foot in some shit. You know what I mean? And, man, it was just, you could say it was like a peace came over him, even though people were going insane all in the, the comments and all that kind of stuff. So, <clears throat> I'm listening uh, to this orchestral version I'm getting hyped up. I'm thinking about the real song, and, and later on I go on and go ahead and listen to it when I'm on my way home from wherever I was. Thinking about how excellent Juvenile was on his part, and how many Fresh's verses perfect, and how even Lil Wayne's little part was perfect on there. And Genius has a video where they go through the anatomy of Back That Ass Up for the 20th anniversary with Manny Fresh. And one of the things that stood out, and me and my wife and I, we talked about it, um, is that Juvenile doesn't really rap on beat. So Manny said he would listen to Juvenile because his father was a DJ. Manny Fresh's father was a DJ. He DJed for Juvie one time. He would notice that Juvenile would just be going and going, and the beat would somehow catch up with him instead of Juvenile trying to catch up with the beat. And he said, if I give him a real beat and make some real music with him, I can put him on another level. And with that, he intentionally made Back That Ass Up with Juvenile in mind. And if you listen to it knowing that, you can see where Juvenile is going off beat and doing his own thing, but the beat is doing its own thing also, and they flow back together perfectly, namely during the chorus. And that's just one of the points that... Uh, I saw on that video that made me love that song even more. The fact that it was just supposed to be Juvenile and Juvenile <laughs> heard it, got done with this verse. He's like, I want something real ratchet, real nasty to be on the song. He asked Manny to come back and do another verse. And then Lil Wayne, um, the legendary Lil Wayne now, but he was like 16 then. He heard 
the entire song. He said, "Oh shit, I gotta, I gotta be a part of history." So he got a, his, you know, little verse on there as well. And well, I wouldn't call it a verse, a couple of lines on there as well. And they just came together and made a, a hip hop classic. And it's something that all of us love. So I strongly recommend anybody go look at that Genius video. It's on Facebook as well. You probably have to type in, um, like, Genius, back that ass up or something like that. And the video will come up with Manny Fresh talking about it. But it's just a national treasure. The first time I ever heard it, I heard a band play it. Uh, I didn't listen to a lot of secular music growing up. But I always had an appreciation for hip-hop and R&B. It was actually a while later before I heard back that ass up when I, was, when I heard it. I was mesmerized by it. Now, women usually are mesmerized by it because they get the dance. And a lot of babies, they talk about, you know, babies being made on R&B music. That song made a lot of babies because after you saw your, your old lady or whoever in that twerk session, you had to probably take her home and, you know, get it popping. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's a song that makes you remember where you were the first time you heard it. And the first time I heard it was, like, late at night, when I was sneaking, uh, listening to my CD player that had AM, FM radio on there, and I heard it one night, and I just fell in love with the song. I still love it. I'm smiling right now just thinking about it. But, well, all good things must come to an end, and that's my time. I uh, just want to say a couple things before I get up out of here. Make sure you go to Instagram and follow my page, the underscore unapologetic underscore geek. That's the underscore unapologetic underscore geek on there i have all it's the easiest way to uh get to all 28 of the black superhero or the black uh comic book characters that i did for black history month so you can go check them out it's i had so much fun doing that i learned a lot about uh different characters that i knew about but didn't you know, no, I left some details out. And then there are a lot of characters that I didn't know about at all. Uh, especially one of them, I swore to right now, Wonder Woman has a black twin sister. And she's fucking awesome. So yeah, definitely check that out. Uh, check me out on the uh, Off Topic podcast. I mentioned that a couple times throughout the show. Uh, where it's myself, uh, Aaron, and Leslie. We sit down. We talk about just the crazy stuff going on in the world. Uh, it's more political, kind of, uh, but, you know, with a, a black twist, just a, a average guy twist. And we talk about the crazy shit we see people say on shows, social media about the crazy news we see. So, talk about Trump, we talk about the black community and homophobia, uh, we talked about Justice Smollett. That was a, a saga, that's a whole series. Uh, but you can check us out on SoundCloud at the uh, Black Excellence and Ignorance page. Like I said, the name of the show is Off Topic. Follow me on Facebook uh, at The uh, Unapologetic Geek. You'll see a lot of entertainment news, a lot of entertainment videos. I put, a, I try to keep it light. I'll put some reviews up every now and again, but I try to keep it light, have some funny videos and things like that for you guys. Uh, going forward, I'll be having guests on the show. Uh, we'll be talking about sports and entertainment and comics geek stuff movies all that kind of stuff so we got all that coming for you uh before i go shout out to my wife who pushed me to do this uh no matter how it goes i'm gonna keep on doing my thing i'm gonna keep tweaking i'm gonna keep getting better shout out to her i love you so much Brittany, for 
putting me on this path for and pushing me to do this and just get out there and try. Also, shout out to my daughter. I took a nap before uh, recording this. Took a, a bit of a nap. Now, I'm not saying I was. I woke up and within three minutes I was in here on the mic. No, that's not what happened. But I was just wanting to, you know, ease my mind. My daughter came in. I set my alarm. She heard it. She came in and was like, did you hear your alarm go off? I was like, yeah. She got my computer. She got my uh, microphone and my headphones. And she, I record in her closet. Yeah, I'm just breaking fourth wall here. Because it gives good sound, hopefully. When I'm sitting up here, I hope the sound doesn't come out garbage or something like that. <laughs> but it gives me good sound. She set all my stuff up and had a message saying, congratulations, go out there and just get it done in so many words. And so I love her for that. Uh, Brooke, I appreciate you. And uh, for the music, shout out to my boy Dunche. Dunche did it, and you can follow him on SoundCloud. I believe that's his name on there. Dunche, uh, it was just D-O-N-C-H-E. Did it, all one word. And I appreciate you for uh, helping me craft my vision. With that being said, once again, it's Jarius, the Unapologetic Geek. I look forward to sharing more episodes with y'all. And until next time, I'm out.